enriching your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Today, I'm talking to Professor Michael Rosell, who has some great tips for us, many based on Chicken Soup for the Soul stories, for how you can create life-changing formative moments for yourself and for the other people in your life. So, Mike, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Oh, thanks, Amy, and thanks for inviting me to be on your show. Oh, well, we were thrilled to get an email from you a few months ago talking about all of this, and it took us this long to get you into the the lineup. So I'm really happy to have you on. And you are a great guest for us, something a little different. For everybody listening, Dr. Michael Rossell is a licensed psychologist and associate professor at Southern Oregon University. And he has taught all the way from elementary education to graduate school and every level in between. And his broad counseling background includes experience in sexual assault, substance abuse, schools, and the family. And he actually wrote a book, and we're going to discuss this topic today. This book is called Sudden Influence, How Spontaneous Events Shape Our Lives. And we're going to talk about these formative moments. So what is a formative event? What does that mean? Okay, well, that, that's the big question. Well, I'm currently writing a book on the neuroscience of formative moments, and those are the, let's call them chicken soup type events that create profound shifts in mindset. These are actually life-changing moments, that, the, the kinds of things, the events that actually form you the way you are. Now, I've studied life-changing moments for over three decades, and initially when I was drawn to the field, what I did is I was just enthralled by the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And so I just mined all those Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. I looked at the first eight or nine or even 10 editions. And my research was interested in why do some events make such monumental moments and become just dramatically transformative? Well, the answer, after years and years of research, was literally a surprise, a surprise. So not only did I discover the mechanism for instant change, those moments where we instantly change, but I also discovered a strategic method to trigger these chicken soup type events, those moments of significance that make our lives richer, that makes others' lives richer. You might call it a chicken soup recipe. I love I that. Take these to my, <laughs> yeah, I, I teach this to my graduate students in education. Now, not all the stories of chicken soup are those moments of surprise where there's an instant change, but many of them are. I would guess about one in five as I read through the chicken soup series, but one in five, one in six actually shows an element of surprise where someone actually instantly changed and something enriched their life. Yeah, that is what we aim for. And I bet if you read our more recent books, you'll find that happening even more often because we have completely changed over our 27-year history. And now we get four or 5,000 submissions for every book. And so we, and we're only picking 101 stories from those thousands that come in. And so we too are looking for that moment of epiphany, that moment of surprise. And we're looking for the stories that make us change too as we're reading them, even though you know all of us on the editorial staff are reading tens of thousands of stories every year. We're still looking for that same life-changing element that you're looking for. So 
How can people cause these moments of surprise in their own storytelling, whether they're trying to write a story or whether they're just telling a story to a family member or a friend and trying to help that person? Well, first of all, before I answer that question, I think it might be important to uh, describe how surprise works and what the mechanism of surprise actually is. Let me just give you a little thought experiment for the listeners. Now, just imagine that you're hiking in the woods, the path you normally take, and you walk around the corner and you see a, a unicorn. Surprise! Now, this triggers what's called a two-phase burst of dopamine. Now, if you know a little bit about dopamine, that's your motivator neurotransmitter. That's the thing that gets you to move forward or avoid. And so phase one, it's a two-phase burst. That's what a surprise is. It only lasts a couple of milliseconds, and it says, stop, freeze, this is danger, is this opportunity. And a phase two is a, an instant learning Phase two is this longer lasting part of the surprise. That's your dopamine at work that says, learn instantly. Is this an opportunity? Take advantage of it. Is this danger? Be cautious. So that's basically what a surprise is. It's a neurological event that says, learn instantly. Because, you know, in our evolutionary past, if you didn't learn instantly, you probably perished. When you round the corner and you see that unicorn, that must also affect your memory of that moment in time? I mean, are you able to remember that moment in time much better five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road than you would have remembered your hike otherwise? Oh, absolutely forever, because you get this big, massive neurological burst. It goes right through your brain. And what it does is it says, pay attention, learn instantly. And so it's like it happened a thousand times. All these synapses and axons are firing, the dendrites, everything are going. So you instantly form this powerful memory. And that's why things like that are such monumental moments that we remember, remember in detail. And they have a big effect on us. And that's how, that's how um, surprises work because it's such a massive neural, the big surprises, is such a massive neurological event. If we're writing and we want to make our writing more memorable, should we deliberately fold in a surprise or should we just try to write about things that were surprising instead of trying to manufacture a surprise? Well, when we're writing, you know, a lot of novelists use surprise and, and cinema directors use surprise. For instance, when Darth Vader when said, I am your father, that was a surprise. <laughs> and it instantly changed how we thought of Darth Vader and how we thought of Luke. And so in writing, yes, uh, lots of writers use the mechanism of surprise to introduce a new belief or to suddenly change a belief about a character or an event. So we're going to break. And when we come back, let's talk about some specific Chicken Soup for the Soul stories and why, in your opinion, they create formative moments. We're back with Professor Michael Rossell, and we're talking about how to create life-changing formative moments and how that works with some examples from Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. So, Mike, tell us again how this works and show us with an example from a Chicken Soup for the Soul story. Oh, sure. I, uh, I've got a really interesting story from the Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul in 1996. Yes, I was around doing that work on formative events way back then. So here's the story, or it's an abridged version of the story, and it's about Sonia. Now, as a young girl, Sonia felt tormented by her prominent height, slight appearance, and dentured teeth. 
she spent most of her school day hunched over, masking her height and defending herself from the verbal barbs hurled her way by the classmates. Now her teacher, overhearing one of the insults, intervened after a student called the young girl beanpole. The teacher described Sonia as an ideal model type, statuesque and elegant, suggesting that she should consider that exotic field of employment. Now, hearing her teacher, she then stood proudly displaying her full height. This comment surprised her, and she thought, yes, statuesque indeed. Maybe I should be a model. Now, what's interesting is, if that event hadn't surprised her, it could easily be dismissed and forgotten. But because it was a surprise, it was this big neurological event. So what happened was, because it was a surprise, she instantly stopped, and the surprise mechanism says, learn instantly. It solves the question, what just happened? Yeah, because she didn't. She never expected somebody to say, you should be a model. There she was feeling so negative about herself, and her teacher saw her as the epiphany of fabulous, right? Saying, you should be a model. Absolutely. So now she instantly forms this new belief, I'm statuesque and elegant, because the neurological event threw all these dendrites and axons and everything in motion in her brain and instantly formed this big memory, and it was an emphatic event in her life. So how could somebody use this in their own life? So there, somebody's talking to somebody who's suffering a crisis of self-confidence, and you're coming along and you want to help that person. How do you manufacture that element of surprise? And is that the strategy we should use if we want to help somebody? Should we actually try to surprise them with some out-of-the-blue comment that will transform their self-confidence? Oh, well, you've gone into some pretty tricky area. If you're talking to somebody who's going through a crisis, the most important thing you should do is just listen. And as they're going through their crisis, just listen and be with them. But the element of surprise is essentially anything you do that isn't expected. So, for instance, if you name what somebody thinks is a deficit, is actually an asset. So, for instance, if, if uh, someone think, thinks, I'm not a very good reader, I can't, I have trouble with reading, and you say to them, people who read and have difficulty reading actually learn it at a deeper level. Oh, well, they didn't expect that. Anytime you name what is a presumed deficit is actually an asset, you surprise somebody. So that's one of the things you can do. So, for instance, if someone's very frustrated, but they keep on working, tell them they have grit and that, that the gritty people, they succeed. If someone's willing to make, if someone's working hard and they're making a lot of mistakes and they're getting frustrated, you tell them your willingness to make mistakes is the sure sign of a strong learner. Yeah, that makes huge sense. That's really great advice. Do you have another example for us, another Chicken Soup for the Soul story? Yes, I do. Here's a story from the original Chicken Soup for the Soul book many years ago. Now, it was a story about Joanne. Now, Joanne recalls an apparently simple event from several years years ago that surprised her and changed her belief instantly. Before this event, her husband rarely missed an opportunity to find fault and complain about something. One day, her husband thanked her graciously for recording so many correct entries in their financial ledger. <laughs> this uncharacteristic comment stunned her, surprised her momentarily, and she dismissed it in that moment and went about her business. 
or so she thought. The next day, writing a check for groceries, she noticed a more conscientious effort on her part to record amounts accurately. Her meticulous effort startled her. It appeared that her behavior had spontaneously changed. You know, I remember that story, and I thought, wow, what a good strategy on her husband's part. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but one of her responsibilities in their marriage was to record I guess, their checks and things in the financial ledger, and she made a lot of mistakes. And so when he thanked her one day for actually recording so many correctly, it startled her. And instead of feeling beaten down by constant complaining, she felt great about the compliment. And then she started working harder and started doing a better job recording those financial transactions. And so I thought, what a great way that we all can go about changing somebody's behavior by complimenting them when they do it right, even if that's the, you know, that's not very often. Instead of complaining when they do it wrong, compliment the few times they do it right. Absolutely. Now, if you, and it's always great to compliment somebody on what they're doing. If you surprise them, it instantly, it's like a thousand compliments at once. It creates this neurological burst and it becomes an emphatic belief formation. So when you are complimenting somebody, do it when, when they least expect it or point out uh, something that they think is a fault. Show them that it's actually an asset, that working hard and struggling is actually grit. I love that. So we have, I think, three takeaways. One is people will learn best if there's a surprise. Another is to take somebody's perceived deficit and reframe it as an asset, which surprises them. And then the third is to surprise them with a favorable comment when they're least expecting it, and that will actually change their behavior for the better. It will enrich their lives, absolutely. You're a star student, Amy. Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. Well, thank you. It's, I, I, this little foray back into college, thank you so much for that, Mike. I really appreciate you joining us today. How can our listeners learn more about you? They can simply go to my website and there's articles and podcasts and interesting things to see there. It's michaelrosell.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-O-U-S-E-L-L.com. And you can find all sorts of information and articles. Oh, well, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Keep on reading those Chicken Soup for the Soul books. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Come back next time for a sneak preview of our latest book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Believe in Miracles. I'll be sharing a couple of stories that will give you goosebumps. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.